The Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord. As Jesus was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. He said to him, Teacher, I have kept all these since my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, You lack one thing. Go, sell what you own and give the money to the poor. And when you ha- and go and sell and send your money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then, come follow me. When he heard this, he was shocked, and he went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were perplexed at these words. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were greatly astounded, and they said to one another, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For mortals it is impossible, but not for God. For God, all things are possible. Peter began to say to him, Look, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Truly I tell you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for my sake and for the sake of the good news who will not receive a hundredfold now in this age. Houses, brothers and sisters, mothers and children and fields with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. The Gospel of the Lord. Are you rich? If a child asked an adult, If a child asks that after stepping into someone's home or onto their boat, their parent would probably quickly try to shush them and then redirect the conversation and apologize. It's not polite to talk to other people about their wealth, but we sure are fascinated by it, aren't we? No matter how well off we might be on our own, we are drawn to what other people have that we don't. A home, Owning a home instead of renting one, owning a bigger home than the one we have, or owning two homes, or cars, or boats, or vacations, or the newest gadgets, or electronics. Maybe it's just part of our human nature, or American culture, to want more, to long for something better, to yearn for what we do not have. There was a man who ran up to Jesus, knelt before him, and asked for healing. Now, sometimes the biblical passage is titled, The Rich Man. 
but it never actually uses the word rich. He had many possessions, yes, but don't we all? The problem with the title, The Rich Man, is that it's too easy for us to think that we've got this story all figured out. I asked a friend earlier this week to summarize the story from memory before reading it, and they said, hmm, I know, it's the guy, it's the one about the rich guy that asks how to get into heaven, and then Jesus tells him to sell everything that he has, and that it's hard for rich people to get into heaven, just like you can't get a, ham- a camel through a needle. Easy, right? Well, kind of, but there's a lot more to the story. A man runs up to Jesus and kneels at his feet, a detail that can be easily overlooked. But it's significant because this approach and posture is used to show that someone is urgently asking for healing. The man is profoundly struggling in some way. Even though he seems to have it all together, even though he has all the wealth in the world, even though he has honored the traditions, kept all the rules, respected all the laws, and practiced all the rituals, still there was something missing. And Jesus looks at him and loves him. Another detail that's easily overlooked. Jesus speaks to him in love, with love. It's not just a pat on the head, comforting, go in peace kind of love, but it's a challenging love that invites him to change and to receive the healing that he can't even name that he needs. Go, Jesus says, sell what you own and give what you have to the poor. Then, come follow me. He is invited into a relationship with Jesus. Follow me, Jesus says. Trust me. We're in this thing together. But the man went away, shocked and grieving, because he had many possessions. Now, what we don't know is if he ever came back. Was he too shocked to make a decision? Did he need more time to ponder all these things in his heart before he decided? Who knows? But the initial shock or call to action was too much for him to bear, and he walked away from the healing presence of Jesus, even though healing is what he yearned for. Now, wealth isn't the only problem that gets between us and the healing presence of Jesus, although it is a prime example. The Bible talks about money more than anything else, and for good reason. Because all too often we see wealth as a blessing, a reward, a sign that we're doing something right, that we're doing everything right, really, that we have it all together. But it isn't our only stumbling block. The list of stumbling blocks goes on and on until it seems impossible for anyone to be saved. Let's talk about that word saved for just one minute. The word saved means way more than what the highway billboards suggest, that saved equals getting into heaven. The word also means to bring out safely, to get along. Such freedom comes from without, through the agency of someone else. So freedom, salvation, healing, 
comes from trusting God, not yourself. What holds you back from the healing that you seek? How have you yearned for eternal life? Not heaven, but eternal life, a life that is full and rich and merciful and generous. A life that is lived right now in the presence of Jesus. As I ask these questions of myself and you, I know that it is never really a one-and-done experience, but an ongoing journey of healing and restoration and seeking to trust God more fully and to let go of any of the control I imagine I have of my own healing. But I see the challenges and changes that we all have faced and the healing and the wholeness that has been received gracefully as we seek to trust God more fully than we trust ourselves. Some of us have given up on addictions, doing the hard work of saying no to the temptation one day at a time. And we do it knowing that there is healing and salvation on the other side that is better than the one we grieved letting go. Some of us have given up on unhealthy relationships, daring to believe that despite what happened to us in the past, we are worth more. We've taken hold of the promise that we are beloved children of God, and nothing, not one single thing, will separate us from that truth. Some of us have given up on ambition and pride and humbled ourselves, stepping out of positions of power and to care for the poor and needy. And in doing so, we have found a deeper satisfaction and a fuller, richer life lived in relationship with the people who are hurting. Now, some of us have taken on the important work of examining our own place in an unjust, racist system, and we work to dismantle our own racism. We have named and lamented our own privilege and commit to continuing to challenge ourselves and others to do the same, even when it may involve discomfort and grief. So many of you, not just some of you, but many of you, give your money, share your wealth, and share even when you don't feel wealthy. You give deeply and you pledge generously. You make sacrifices so that this place, this community, can be a beacon of the gospel. And you know in the core of your being that it is in giving of our time and treasures that we care for our neighbors. Not only our neighbors in this community right here, in this congregation, but our neighbors in Lakeview or in whichever neighborhood we live, the ones who are homeless and the ones who live in million-dollar homes, so that we all may experience and live in the healing presence of Jesus, no matter what our greatest yearning may be. All of what you do, what we do, is important and good. It is just what we do as followers of Christ. But in the end, it is not about what we do at all. 
At the centerpiece of today's gospel is inheritance. Inheritance is a gift, a gift that we don't deserve or earn, and it is nothing that we can do to receive it. If it were up to us camels, this herd gathered together right here today, it would be impossible for us to make it through the eye of a needle. But with God, all things are possible. God frees us from our stumbling blocks so that we can trust God and live abundant, joyful lives of service and generosity. Thanks be to God. Amen.